Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Portland Mennonite. <clears throat> when, I, uh, when I opened up the weekly update this uh, Friday morning, uh, which I had scheduled it to go out at 8 a.m., I had this moment of embarrassment because I realized that I had written in the weekly update that basically I had written a promise that it would be raining when you were reading the weekly update at 8 a.m. It was not raining when I read the weekly update, which was kind of awkward for me. <laughs> in any event, the rain did finally arrive here in the Northwest, and uh, I was glad to see it, as I'm sure all of us were. My guess is that uh, each of us has a favorite time of year. Uh, some of us like spring, the new growth of pushing up through the soil, and the gardens full of hope and promise. Uh, some of us live for those long, sunny days of summer, and others like the rainy mystery of winter here in the Northwest. I look forward to seeing all of the, the art gallery go up of all of the different seasons. But my favorite season is now. It's autumn. It always has been. Um, and here in the Northwest, I love going out in the morning and getting in the car and hearing the sound of windshield wipers uh, and uh, have a cup, fresh cup of coffee and that feeling of being wrapped in your favorite puffy. That's the best. Um, in the recent weeks, even before the rain, uh, leaves had begun to fall onto the deck behind our house. And some of our potted plants were changing color. And it's always fascinating uh, to me how such a familiar space like, like our deck, where we sit with friends or drink coffee, uh, somehow can change uh, and look so different as the seasons change. And I think this drastic change that happens right now, I think this is why it's my favorite time of year. Over the past few months, I have been sitting with a small committee that is working to plan our 100-year anniversary celebration here at PMC. I'm not a great fit for this committee. <laughs> it's too easy for me to dismiss the past. Um, my worries are mostly about the present. And to be honest, I would rather be on a committee that is focused on the future. Because, you know, the future can be changed. The future can be planned for. The future is unknown, and that makes it a little exciting. You know, the past is filled with stories, moments, uh, decisions, both good and bad. It cannot be changed. And my impulse is to just say, well, whatever happened, happened. Uh, let's move on. But what I have learned uh, sitting with this committee working on timelines for the website, reading stories, and hearing personal reflections from committee members, is that the past and the present and the future are somehow all connected. The past, the present, and the future are like seasons that are always changing and one blending into the next. The same space can look radically different at the same time that it feels completely the same. 
And I think that we might be in between seasons here at PMC and this familiar place, Portland Mennonite Church, somehow looks and feels different now as we try to emerge from a pandemic. The leaves are on the deck. They weren't there yesterday. And uh, something feels different in the breeze. Now, I'm certain that our friends who called this congregation home many years ago, they would have had moments when they looked around and they felt the same thing. Maybe it wasn't a pandemic, but there was always something that made our tomorrows look different and feel different than our yesterdays. Over the past 100 years, change has always been part of this congregation's story. In an article written in 1975 for the Gospel Herald, that's, which is a now discontinued magazine for our denomination, Marlene Krupp, uh, a member of our congregation, wrote a piece about her experience being part of this congregation. Uh, maybe she's listening. Hi, Marlene. <laughs> she wrote, we have come from every kind of Mennonite background, from the most conservative to the most liberal. Nearly every level of education is represented from the illiterate to the PhD candidate. Some of us earn barely enough to keep body and soul together, and others worry about how to be stewards of an overabundance of wealth. Some in our congregation thrive on change, on trying out new ideas, and others wish things would always be the same. There are people who like small groups and others who hate them. Sometimes I've thought to myself, if the Spirit of Christ can work and move in such a group as ours, it could do it anywhere. Th think about how little editing would be necessary to make Marlene's words true for what we are today. If one were to take away the word Mennonite in the first line and it simply said, you know, we've come from every kind of background, I think your editing job would be complete. And while I personally come from a Mennonite background, the fact that most of us here do not, that's been one of the greatest blessings to me. It's one of the things that's the lifeblood of this place. I will also note that uh, Marlene's comment about small groups, <laughs> it's funny in that uh, it's followed in the text by an exclamation point. Uh, the, so it would read like this, there are others who hate them, uh, <laughs> explanation point. As the kids say, that escalates quickly. Um, I, of course, support small groups here at PMC, uh, but I hope that the small group committee can take some solace that regardless of their hard work, they're up against a problem that's 50 years old. Um, some of us will always hate small groups, and while others, many of us, will love them. Seriously, you should join a small group. So. <laughs> In 1973, I was looking right at you. <laughs> In 1973, when Marlene wrote these words, I was nine years old living on the East Coast. I, I had no idea that Portland Mennonite Church even existed. Um, many of you who are sitting here were not even born yet. But a few of you who were sitting here were part of this church in 1973. You went to church with Marlene, 
And while the essence of who you, of who we are may seem very familiar, you might be marveling as to what has changed over the years. You have lived through the seasons of this place. And I hope we get to hear your, your stories during the 100-year celebration coming up in November. In 1975, uh, a guy named John Miller, who was a professor at Congrid Grebel in Ontario, wrote an article for the same publication, The Gospel Herald. It was titled, uh, The Mennonite Church in 2025. In his article, he was trying to predict the future of the Mennonite Church. Now, being in 1975, Miller looked into a future that for him was 50 years away. And he makes some very interesting observations. He's open-minded enough to suggest that by 2025, Mennonites might have a new name. Now, we have two or three years to go on that one. I think it's safe to say that the name Mennonite is still hanging around. But what he gets right is that the term Mennonite would be a name for something that is radically different than the landscape surrounding him in 75. Now Miller grounds his predictions in the influence and the trends that he was experiencing in the Mennonite church in his day. And the primary influence for him was Harold S. Bender's Anabaptist vision which was an address given in 1943, which should have been about 34 years prior to when he wrote this article in 75. Now, a friend of mine, uh, Gareth Brandt, who teaches at Columbia Bible College, uh, wrote a summary of Bender's Anabaptist vision, which I've always found helpful, and I'm gonna borrow from it a little bit here. Bender summarized Anabaptist theology with three themes in his vision address. Discipleship, community, and pacifism. And put into other words, the way of Jesus, the way of love, and the way of peace. Now discipleship, or the way of Jesus, simply meant that for Anabaptists, the focus is not faith, but following. Anabaptists committed themselves to, to knowing Jesus through living out his teachings. Uh, a Hans Denk quote captures the sentiment, no one can know Christ except they follow him in life. The way of Jesus meant that baptism became a countercultural witness, a statement of allegiance to the kingdom of Christ rather than the kingdoms of the world. And baptism was not so much about belief or aligning intellectually with a doctrine or creed, but rather it was the sign of a transformed life by a new birth of the Spirit and a commitment to following Jesus in all of life. Now, community 
or the way of love in Bender's vision, meant that baptism brought you into a place of belonging to a people. It brought you into the body of Christ, the church. It's a vision that is radically different than our cultural script of rugged individualism. And finally, Bender's vision calls for the way of peace, but he saw the way of peace as an outgrowth of the way of Jesus and the way of love. Uh, he offered that if you got the first two down, the way of peace would manifest itself without much effort. Now, John Miller, writing in 75, described the movement begun by Harold Bender's vision as neo-anabaptism. And uh, spoiler alert, he likes it. Um, his predictions for what the church will look like in 2025 are based on his assumption and his hope that this vision will continue to serve as the theological essence of a particular way of following Jesus, a particular way of being community, and a particular way of seeking peace in the world. But then at the end of, near the end of his article, he asks two questions. And th these are the questions that I want us to leave here today pondering. I'm, I'm gonna ask the questions so that they're directed to us here at Portland Mennonite Church, a, a group of Mennonites gathered on October 23, 2022. We're just a couple of years away from John Miller's distant future, 2025. So here are his questions to us. In what ways will the theological ideas in Bender's vision evolve and deepen for us personally and community and communally? In what ways will the theological ideas of Bender's vision evolve and deepen for us personally and communally? And the second question is, what form will our congregation take if this vision truly becomes our center point? These are the questions that John Miller asked in 75. A few years ago, we used to talk about our um, theological essence, our center point, as being like hay in an open field. Do you remember this? <laughs> alfalfa in the field? Um, the idea was that if the hay or the alfalfa was good enough, then the cows, all of us, um, we'd come and find it, and we wouldn't need a lot of fences to hold us in. You remember those conversations? Those, uh, that, yeah, I do. Um, now, I think without meaning to, we assumed that the place where we dumped that hay was right here on Sunday morning. Now, I have a new twist to this metaphor since Rod's gone. Um, I want to test out with you this morning, this, is, this new twist, and I could be dead wrong, but on the drive home, I, I trust you're, you're gonna figure that part out with the others in your car. Um, here's the new twist. Is it possible that Bender's vision 
is something that can take root outside of our form of church? Is it possible that the hay that we all love, the hay that attracted us to this place, is also found in small groups, friends who hike together or camp together, friends who take meals to sick people, who sit in hospital waiting rooms, who serve on committees, who attend night strike, who help with family promise, but don't go to church here on Sunday morning. Or maybe they rarely go to church here on Sunday morning. I think it's fair to say that emerging from a pandemic has scattered us a bit. But I see evidence everywhere that when we scattered from this place, we took the hay with us. And we're now in a season where this place here on Sunday morning can once again be a place that we, we gather. But we hopefully have learned a valuable lesson. Our friends who are not here, those who have not returned to Sunday mornings on a regular basis, are still just as much a part of us as ever. I think the family of God is a, a mystery in this way. I hope we can expand our sense of community, our sense of belonging, so that everyone can feel at home whenever they are among their people, the people who somehow call this congregation their own. For example, there are people uh, who now connect with us only on YouTube. I'd hope that if they should ever show up here uh, or connect with any of our outreach endeavors or, or join a committee, that they would know they belong. The church has changed its form as Miller predicted it might. And being part of this community will look different for many of our friends, both old and new. Um, my prediction is that we will thrive if we allow these connections to be whatever they need to be. Supporting the idea and the mission of Portland Mennonite Church and offering whatever gifts you have and being present in this community whenever you can is enough. Now, I can already hear Barry Frisbee saying to me, oh, you mean I don't have to be here? <laughs> and I have a feeling that this will be the sermon uh, that is referenced as the one where you told people they don't have to go to church when Rod was in California. <laughs> Our texts this morning are from Genesis and John, and they're separated by at least a thousand years. Uh, I want to read them together, just smoosh together, kind of like we did already this morning. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, the wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. And so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. As I look forward to 2025, I feel fortunate to be here with all of you 
and to still have Bender's vision for who we are to be guiding us. A people who follow Jesus, who practice the way of love, who seek peace in ourselves and our communities and our world. And I'm also willing to accept that this place on Sunday morning is just one of many places where church is happening and friends of ours are participating in that same vision somewhere else or at different times. I know there are still moments, maybe uh, for all of us, when the habit of going to church is what brings us here. But if I'm honest, I come here because I can feel God's spirit here. I can sense God's spirit in all of you. This place helps me remember what I belong to. It helps me remember who I am. And I need that for life out there. So I'm very grateful to have spent this particular morning with all of you who happen to be a particular group of Jesus followers. I'm grateful to have spent this morning in this particular place on Sunday, October 23, 2022. Especially you, Barry. <laughs> the leaves on my deck have a way of moving around. The wind sometimes scatters them, and other times it seems to clump them together. I don't know where we will be scattered to in the coming years. And I don't know where or when we will gather. But I trust we will remain friends through it all. I trust we will stay connected. I trust that we will call PMC our home, our connection point, our center point. And I trust that we will be shaped by the Spirit of God that dwells in that center point. Season after season. Because so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Amen.